uh, clear, concise messaging, straight to the point, not too long. Clearly, and in that messaging, it has to clearly define A, what is it that you want? And B, why you think this person is uniquely qualified to help you get there. Mm-hmm. And then C, if you're able to um, offer something of value in return, whether it's your time, your insight, um, or even like your advocacy, if they have like a book or a product, you know, buy the book or, uh, you know, promote the book, share the book, talk insights on the book, like their posts, you know, share their posts, mm-hmm. become a familiar entity to them and you can build rapport that way. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Podcast. A show where we share success principles, explore the stories, experiences, and journey of real people in order to provide newcomers with strategies to succeed. My name is David Ojenka. Today's show is the part two of creating opportunities for black talent in the technology sector with Jamin El Murray. If you haven't heard part one yet, I'll strongly encourage you to go back and listen to it. That is the episode right before this because you need that for context. Now let's dive right into part two of creating opportunities for black talent in the technology sector with Jamin L. Murray. Wow, thank, thank you so much for that. And now speaking of diversity, equity, and inclusion, there was something you put, you you shared a couple of days ago. Um, you said, why is diversity the end goal in everything? And I, 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 I love the audacity of that right up because it's like calling it what it is. Um, if you don't mind me um, asking, I, I would love you to dig deeper um, on that particular statement. What led you to that? And what can our listeners learn from that outburst that you, you, you wrote? Yeah, so uh, for the listeners that don't know, uh, I'm a huge Raptors fan. If you if you go on my Twitter during Raptors game day, you will get a play-by-play per second uh, in the form of my tweets. And after the games, I like to go on forums to discuss, you know, uh, the games, the players, the teams. Um, one of this discussion on one of the forums was around uh, TSN's broadcasting team and this push that they've had to have better representation. Um, the person at the focal point of this push is Kayla Gray, uh, a black woman, uh, a black journalist, a black sports broadcaster, and in my opinion, one of the best in the entire industry. Um, you know, regardless of you know, not, I'm not saying that because she's black. She's actually legitimately like, she's 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 one of the best I've ever seen do the job. Um, and people were saying, people were complaining about the broadcasting um, pushing so many black faces forward. And they believe that it was uh, hiring for the sake of diversity, totally undermining the work that Kayla was has been putting in, in her career for years, you know, building relationship with players, you know, writing thought provoking pieces. And when the time came, speaking up against injustice within media. Um, so for them to push that narrative that like, yo, diverse, it's, it's she's just a diversity hire, you know, diversity is always the end goal of everything. It's not fair. I call bull. Um, I call bull because I know what the black experience is like to get ahead in this world. You know, the every single black parent that lives in Western society 
has the, you got to be twice as good to get half as much conversation with their kids. I, you know what I'm saying? You could be, you could be England. You could be in the States. You could be in Canada. You could even be in the Caribbean, South mm. America. Mm. You can have this conversation in Spanish, mm. <laughs> mm. you know? And it's like, how dare you suggest that because a company decided to be like, you know what, let's focus on putting somebody diverse in that you automatically think that that's a subpar person. When that person has had to overcome systemic racism, had to overcome prejudice. And in Kayla's case, had to overcome like being in a male dominated industry that in a lot of cases encourages toxic masculinity, right? How are you going to tell me somebody that can overcome all of that and produce top tier work is just here because they're a diversity hire, right? And I, and I, and I pointed that out because I wanted people to know just how foolish of a statement that is. Cause we, like I live in Ontario, Doug Ford is my premier. Doug Ford didn't finish high school and he's running the province. And it's not like he's a smart guy that dropped out of high school. He's a dumb guy that dropped out of high school that failed at local politics that somehow got a promotion. Hmm. And you telling me that you think meritocracy is a thing before diversity entered the conversation? No, 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 I, I no, uh, no. The amount of scandals that Doug Ford has had, a black man wouldn't even get one of those. Yeah, I, I know that for sure. I know, I know, I know. Like they crucified Barack Obama for wearing a tan suit. Hmm. Trump had six baby mamas and a bunch of and a bunch of um, scandals around assaulting women. Mm-hmm. This guy got impeached twice, and he finished his term. Mm-hmm. He might be up for re-election next year. Hmm. It, it, like are in in 2024 hmm. you like you want to tell me meritocracy is a thing <laughs> here's a funny here's a funny here's a funny stat barack obama and michelle obama are the two most educated uh president and first lady in the history of the white house hmm. Hmm. trump forged his um his school papers and melania didn't even finish university but Trump was afforded the same opportunity as the Obamas, and the Obamas are alumni of Harvard Law. Hmm. How was that fair? Hmm. How was that even? So, you know, when you talk about diversity and you talk about, you know, that's the reason someone is there. No, no. They just like when you think about even statistically, if you have a pool of 100 people, right, and you have three people that are 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 from different backgrounds than the other 97 right you looking at those three people first and seeing if they meet your your bar of expectations is a fair is a, is fair to me because you only got to go through three people before you got to get through before you get to your first white guy mm-hmm. or if you reverse the situation you got to go through 97 white guys to get to the three people and if you just do basic maths chances are when you go the 97 route, you're going to end up on a white guy first before you get to the diverse people. So all we're doing is just putting a focus on the diverse people first, because quite frankly, it's so niche. It's so small. Like by the time you, by the time you, you qualify and see if someone meets the technical bar, you might, you might run out of, you might run out of diverse candidates, but at least you started with them first. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for all you do to support 
the diverse talent. So now let's speak of still still on this topic, you know, when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. As a DEI advocate, how do you think organizations, you've spoken about the, the problem now, but how do you think organizations can show that they are truly committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Pay black people. <laughs> Pay black people high salaries, um, put black people in leadership roles. Um, honestly, uh, if uh, I, I, I would say empowering black people to let them tell you exactly how they feel and what it is and letting them know that there won't be any repercussions, um, creating spaces for black people to have honest conversations among themselves, investing in ERG groups, um, going out of your way to educate people on different diverse backgrounds. One of the things that I really appreciate about Wealth Simple, which is where I work full time, is that um, it's coded into our values uh, on why diversity is an important thing to us. Not only is it coded, but um, at least once a month, we have somebody from a marginalized community come in and we have like a town hall. And this person talks about their experience. Um, it's invited everyone in the company is invited to go. I've learned so much. I've learned the perspective of, of someone from the, you know, from indigenous peoples, the indigenous peoples community and someone from the transgender community. Um, and those are just perspectives that I haven't had the opportunity to like, you know, talk to somebody about or hear somebody's perspective firsthand until that moment. And providing that perspective to me made me understand, you know, what I could do to like normalize um, normalize different people's experiences and what I could do to contribute. Like when it comes to my privilege, I'm, I'm a, I'm a man, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a cisgendered man. Uh, I may be black and that's my intersection, but uh, I benefit from patriarchy. Right. Mm. And I have a privilege within the system of patriarchy where I can make room for, for women and non and like non-gendered people because I have that privilege as a man. And so I can, I can, I can advocate for them. You know, I can, in like the most toxic of examples, I can, I can talk, I can talk down somebody that's being toxic towards uh, somebody that's from a different background, you know, on like a quote unquote man to man level, because sometimes, sometimes you don't register, you don't register you're doing something wrong until somebody that's from a similar group as you calls you out on it. And that's why it's important for, you know, people that identify with the majority um, to be advocating for people that are marginalized because the sheer difference in numbers plays a part in silencing voices. Now let's talk about raw unfiltered truth. Yes, we've spoken about how people can sell themselves at the interview, some of the roadblocks they're facing and We've also spoken about how the organizations are not doing a good enough job in, you know, integrating this brilliant set of individuals. But let's talk now to these people. You've interfaced with a lot of internationally trained professionals and international students. And right there and then from the charts, you could tell why this person is not getting an opportunity. You could tell that this person's mindset, even though the employers, there are lots of roadblocks, but maybe they are the ones that are standing in their own way. What would you say? What would you suggest that 
internationally trained talents and international students should be doing to prepare themselves for the future of work and also to be exceptional at what they do? What should they do? I mean, it, it all comes down to, it depends on like what lane they choose, right? Mm-hmm. For a software developer, I, I would tell them to just um, keep, so the main thing that anybody could do, not even just developers, main thing anybody could do is to publicize their learning journey, mm-hmm. right? You know, work on projects, um, reach out to people and ask for feedback on those projects, Right working groups, you know, communicate with people and you want to almost build up your reputation, right? So that you're in some cases, your reputation precedes you before you walk into a room or like you're easy to find or you're easy to understand or easy to like you're easily Googleable, right? So people can see like who you are and form a basis around that. What you need to be building is a personal brand. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the main thing. A personal brand is your X factor because we, we, as a recruiter, I can tell you that there are more jobs than people right now. Mm-hmm. Right. But the um, the, the nonverbal thing that's 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 in that statement is the word qualified. Right. So we are searching for qualified people. We are looking at portfolio sites. We are looking at GitHubs. We're looking at stack overflows. Right. You need to have a presence on these websites in order for us to find you and in order for us to have an opinion on your on your work. And then you need to double down on networking. Like, I, I can't say it enough. Network, 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 network. When in doubt, double down on networking. Message as many people as you can, but try to cultivate relationships and not just trying to ask them for stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Build as many relationships as you can. See where you're, see what you have in common with people. See what you differ. See what their opinion is. Give your opinion. Have discussions. Build fruitful conversations. And... um that will help your re- your 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 reputation and your brand grow among circles, but it's not an overnight thing. It's a thing that can literally take years. I would say that my personal brand didn't start really helping me out until like I want to say like a little bit after the pandemic started, mm-hmm. right? And that was like that was years into it. So mm-hmm. it's not something that's overnight. And it's something that like takes takes a lot. If you are uh, if you're an international student and you're in a new country for school, for instance, that's exactly the perfect opportunity to be building up your reputation by pursuing and working in as many group projects as possible, building up your network, building up relationships, finding people that you like and who like you. And, and like, you know, because a friend who refers you, it's a friend for life. Thank you so much for that. And um, I, I really, really appreciate that um, candid advice. Now let's talk about networking. You've touched on it a little bit, but give me an example of a time that somebody tried to network with you and it was a disaster. Like it was really bad. If you can be as practical as possible, and then you can, you can put an advice of how people shouldn't network. Yeah. People, um, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of ways people should network. But the main thing is, is that like um, people not being intentional when they network, not telling you, not telling the person they're messaging why they're messaging them. Mm-hmm. Um, people even in like people, it's a balance. So you gotta, you gotta inform them why you're messaging them, mm-hmm. but you can't overwhelm them with a, a wall of text, right? Mm-hmm. I, nobody wants to read your whole life story. Mm-hmm. They'll listen to your life story, but no one wants to read your life story, mm-hmm. right? 
So quickly in, in, a, in a short amount of text, you're supposed to tell them why you, you're reaching out to them and what problem you're hoping to get solved. You know, um, offering them some sort of value exchange, whether it be like extra, extra hands or help with a project or even providing them some sort of insight. Um, and then just, again, being intentional, like, like what, what is it that you want from this conversation and making sure that the ask isn't too big. I get people, um, I have a lot of people that message me. Um, I, I, I legit had to hire two assistants to go through, to like monitor my LinkedIn's because I, I get over a hundred emails per day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are literally just like, yo, I need a job. Here's my resume and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I can't do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Like from a, from a feasibility standpoint, I like, I don't have the time to figure out what it is you think I can do for you or what it is you want me to do for you. Mm-hmm. Cause like there are 99 other people that day that are, are, are waiting for, waiting for help. Right. Um, or people would just like, they'll give me like a wall of text and it's hard for me to read all through that wall of text. Cause again, like I have so many other messages and it's the same thing for anyone that counts as a mentor on LinkedIn. They have their, have an overabundance of messaging. So you want to make sure that your messaging is, is short, clear to the point, right. And not asking for too much. Cause if you ask for too much, like a referral, right. Um, it can come off. It can, it can be a red flag for a lot of people mm-hmm. like a referral. I value my referral program because a referral is basically somebody putting their reputation on the line for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't work out, it can blow back on them. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have a story of where that happened to them directly or um, of somebody that they know. Right. Mm-hmm. So asking somebody you're just having a first conversation with to refer them, to refer them to like a place that they work at without them, like, you know, putting out a message like, yo, I'll refer you to this place. Hit me up. It's a lot to ask a stranger. And a lot of cases, like they don't want to do it and they'll just ignore you and move on to the next person. Mm-hmm. So to, uh, to recap, uh, clear, concise messaging, straight to the point, not too long. Clearly, and in that messaging, it has to clearly define A, what is it that you want? And B, why you think this person is uniquely qualified to help you get there. Mm-hmm. And then C, if you're able to, um, offer something of value in return, whether it's your time, your insight, um, or even like your advocacy, if they have like a book or a product, you know, buy the book or, uh, you know, promote the book, share the book, talk insights on the book, like their posts, mm-hmm. you know, share their posts, mm-hmm. become a familiar entity to them and you can build rapport that way. Good. Very good point. And I'm a big, um, advocate of that. And the question I always ask people is that, okay, Think about LinkedIn like we are all on a street and we are all taking a walk together, right? Would you walk to a stranger and say, give me a job? All the time they will say no. So why are you reaching out to someone you've never spoken to, you've not built a relationship with, and you're saying, give me a job? Now, the next question, still on that topic. Now, somebody might hug you and say, but Jermaine, like, I need a job. Like, I'm new to Canada. I need to pay my bills. I need to put food on my table. I need to provide good life for my children. I need to pay my bills. I need a job like yesterday, right? And But you're saying that I should build the relationship first. How long is enough before I, you know, ask them that question of, can you refer me, right? I'm going to be honest. Um... 
if you can try to start your process from when you are from before you come to the country, mm-hmm. set yourself up for success. Don't just wait until you're in the country. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's I think it's fair to encourage people to message before they come into the country, because, you know, well and well, well in advance that you're coming into a new country. Mm-hmm. Right. So start 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 from back there. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself in um, in a country like Canada and you're having difficulty and you are against the clock like that, um, I would inc- I would encourage you. I would encourage people to look at like immediate options. And sometimes that means like roles that aren't necessarily aligned or like level because you got to do what you got to do to feed yourself and your family. That's mm-hmm. the first. Mm-hmm. But just because you're doing something in the short term does not mean that it, it is what you're going to be doing in the long term. One of my favorite quotes, which was from my mom's pastor, is I remember one day, I remember now I, I was my mom dragged me to church and you know, I was miserable because I was like in the middle of like my job search and I wasn't I wasn't doing well. And like I used to get I used to be really cruel to myself. Like I'm a failure. Like I, I swear a lot. Right. Blame all the rap music I listen to. Um, I'd be like, I'm a failure. I'm an effing failure. Like, you know, I'm worthless. And I remember. I felt like I was about to cry in the church, right? And like uh, the pastors, like tapping up, she was like, "Yo, Jermaine, just just come with me in the back office for a second. Sit down with him." And he's like, "He's like, yo, you're not like." He's like, "I know like church really isn't your thing, thing, but like, you're not you're not the same as like when your mom brings you in. What's wrong? What's going on?" And I tell him, tell him I feel like a failure um, because I can't I'm not getting progress in this job search, and I don't know what to do because like money is tight. And he says to me, he's like, I want you to repeat after me. Where I'm at is not where I'm at. It's just where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, say that again. Where I'm at is just where I'm at, but it's not where I'm at. And I was like, I kept saying, I'm like, okay, I think I get it. And he's like, yeah, you, you should get it. You know, just because like your presence doesn't define who you are or what you are mentally or in here in your heart, right? Mm -hmm. It's just where you are. It's just where you are in the physical, Mm -hmm. right? And it's all about aligning the physical and the spiritual and the emotional all in one and getting them into synergy. And sometimes that's different timelines, but as long as you can visualize it, you'll get there. Sometimes it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a leap. Sometimes it's a sprint. Sometimes you're marathoning and sometimes a baby step, but a step forward is a step forward. Imagine if you're sitting across the recruiter and the recruiter has three talents that they've shortlisted for the final round of an interview. One of them is an immigrant. Two others are, you know, Canadian born. And they are considering, they're asking you, you know, these three people have, what I'm looking for, uh, but I'm worried about this internationally trained talent. I'm not sure whether, you know, they will deliver, even though um, we've done the interview, we've seen them to qualify, but I'm not sure it's a big risk I'm taking here. What advice would you give to that hiring manager or recruiter who is about to make that final decision, but they are not sure about that internationally trained talent? I would ask them why they're not sure of that internationally trained talent. If all three of them have the same amount of experience um, and they're not sure what the international talent, 
me personally, I'm calling them out. I'm going like, yo, you know, you might not realize this. And I always say you might not realize this to give people the grace to be like, oh, oh my bad. But I'd be like, you might not realize this, but you are exercising a bias here. And I don't think you want to be that type of person that would be biased against somebody for where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So you should just be made aware of that. Um, and then I would ask them, like, you know, if, if, if I would ask them, like, you know, just define, like, you define why one, why one person would, would work and why one person wouldn't. Now, on the flip side, if I'm the immigrant, right, mm-hmm. going into the interview, going to any interview, this is the best advice I can give you. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself this question. If I was the hiring manager, if I was in the hiring manager's shoes, what would I, what would a person have to say to me to make me think, yo, this person is going to make my life easier at work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once you can answer that question, you can kill the interview. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's literally you telling them like, yo, this is how I'm going to make your life easier. This is what I can do. This is why I think I can do it. This is what I've done before. And this is what I would do in new situations, Right. And this is what happens to you. You get to sleep. You get to see your family. You get to hang out with your girlfriend or your wife or maybe your girlfriend and then your wife. Um, <laughs> a little jokey joke. But, um, you know, once you always like the thing is. Trick to a successful career and sex, when to network successfully is to be is to be able to identify what the goals are of other people and then align your goals with them. Right. And letting them know, like, yo, my goal is this. Your goal is this. Let's get to it together because a it feels authentic because they know why your skin is in the game. They know why you're why you're invested in their success, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not they're not expecting like a, a like a like a bait and switch for you to to like suddenly pull like do a one eighty on them and and want them for something else. Like they know why you're invested in it and like they know like because your successes are tied and your fates are tied together, you're really in this together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would want to establish that kind of continuity to kind of really push it forward. And that's again, that that goes back to the essence of relationship building. It's a two way street. What kind of value can you give to somebody in order to get value in return? Mm-hmm. And once you can understand that. Articulate it, believe in it and double down on it. You'll see you'll see the doors open for you. Thank you so much for that. And finally, um, imagine you're sitting across a newcomer or an internationally trained talent, or an international student. Bringing together everything you've said now, you know, in the course of this conversation, what advice would you give to them to navigate their journey and how they can showcase what their unique experiences, the unique experiences, uh, let me ask that again. So imagine you're sitting across an internationally trained talent or an international student, what advice would they give to them to navigate their career journey? And how can they showcase what their unique experiences bring to the workplace? I would say use the fact that you're an immigrant mm-hmm. to your advantage and use that as your excuse to network with people. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm new to town. You know, I'm just looking for places to hang out, looking for places to learn looking for resources, you know, what do you, if you don't mind me asking, you know, where do you go? What do you do? You know, open for suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, people like to help. I remember what I said earlier, you know, not only do you want to let them know why you're reaching out to them, but you want to give them an easy ask and ask like, Hey, where would you go? Or what would you do in my situation? It's an easy answer. And I, I would say double down on that. But um, if you're a student, your best bet, like any student, any, any, any point in time, 
your best bet is to double down on the networking. If you're a student, you're actually uh, uniquely equipped to network because everybody's in the institution and you have the excuse of like working on projects with people to, to like really take it off. If you're, if you're a student in a tech course, you need to find people that are trying to launch their own startups because every 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 student in a, in, a, in a university for tech thinks they're the next Mark, Mark Zuckerberg and they got a good idea that they're trying to build out in their dorm. Mm -hmm. Try to see if you can help them um, bring that bring that idea to fruition. You could put that kind of experience on a project, right? Mm -hmm. Worst case scenario, he they actually are the next Mark Zuckerberg and you're the next Facebook from early on. Worst case scenario. Uh, things went to hell, everything went wrong, but you know how to recover from the worst case catastrophe. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is a skill. Thank you so much for your great contribution to the Fresh Start podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, David. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fresh Start. If you enjoyed this episode, Please share with someone you know and love. Please go ahead and subscribe on any platform you listen to your podcast. And also please take a moment to leave us a review because that would help us to reach more audience. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FreshStartUp. If you know any newcomer you think would be a good fit to interview for the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please go to www.thefreshstartup.com to nominate someone. We appreciate you and remember, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Take care and have a great week.